What's up, then, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Billy. Alongside me, my co-host, the Keg. Hi, And joining us today for our New York Jets episode, we have Justin joining us today. How are we doing, Justin? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good, good, Justin. All good. Thank you very much. Uh, Justin, I'll let you have a little bit of the floor with, uh, you know, explaining to listeners, you know, who you write for, what you do, you know, in terms of the New York Jets. So uh, I'll let you go right ahead and have the floor with that one. Sure. So I currently write for the Jet Press, which is part of the Fan Sided Network. I'm the editor there. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at, at Justin T. Freed on Twitter or follow the Jet Press at the Jet Press. Pretty straightforward stuff and uh, yeah if you're a fan of the jets if you want to read some jets content we post some good stuff awesome awesome stuff awesome stuff so guys i'll be putting every link in description and tagging all the socials in our descriptions so i'll maybe make sure to put that in for you so justin we'll uh we'll go straight into it for you so talking about the jets now i mean we've tried our best i mean they, the jets have come up in a couple of our episodes obviously the teams that we've been covering you know especially when we've talked about the draft and obviously teams are in the top 10 top five about what's sort of happening and obviously and your name's come up a couple of times we're going to try our best not to you know the silver linings obviously look <laughs> i'll be tank for trev didn't work okay like you know it was looking good and then uh, last two two out of the three games you decided to go you know what we fancy we fancy winning a couple of games so you finished right. two and four team uh, which means you have the second overall pick you know I think obviously because Trevor was on the line you know I'm sure you'll be able to explain in a second how Jets fans felt about that but um, obviously look Adam Gase was there uh, I think you know for a couple few years and obviously it just never worked out everything he tried to do just did not work I think that's just the simplest way of putting it. You know, it's just, I mean, a lot of people are are arguing like he could be one of the worst hires in, in history. Like it was that bad in terms of organization and just the way it just turned out standpoint. Now he's gone. So that's great. I suppose in a way, you know, you got to start again, which is a little bit unfortunate. I mean, there is a few bright spots. I mean, Mecca Beckton, your first round pick, the huge lineman um, out of Loveville last year, like, looked fairly solid so you know depending what happens at quarterback which I'm sure we'll talk about um will be well protected if Beckton uh, continues to perform um I mean other than looking forward to sort of maybe getting a bit of a rebuild and some you know obviously you've got Robert Saller as a new head coach I think that was a great hire I must admit I did like that from uh, the Niners um XDC I mean where do you stand I mean you know talking about the season I mean how did it how was it for you you know watching it game after game see, seeing what was happening this year it was a rough season. It, it was a rough season. And, you know, as a Jets fan, as someone who's watched the Jets my entire life, I'm used to rough seasons. But this one was was particularly rough. Um, obviously lost their first 13 games. And I was saying for the entire duration of the year, like, they're going to go 0-16. This team is one of the worst I've ever seen, at least for that first half of the year, up to, like, week, whenever they when they played the Raiders. Up until that week, they were, like, statistically on par to be the worst team in the NFL, like, in NFL history, arguably. Uh, which is crazy, but I, you know, obviously had that Raiders game where they, they almost won. And then the the infamous Greg Williams call on, you know, the last second play uh, they lost, but then of course, you know, in Jets fashion, they rattled off two, two wins in their final three games. And, you know, they missed out on Trevor Lawrence. It's okay. Obviously, if you're asking for the opinion of Jets fans at the time, he wasn't so okay. Like fans were definitely not just okay with it, but as you know, time went on, they came to terms with, okay, you know, we're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. What's next? What do we do next? You know, what, do we look to the draft? Which 
The answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> what do we do? Or if it's Deshaun Watson, you know, th- there's other options out there. But as for the season, yeah, it was a mess. Not a lot of positives to take away. You touched on one of them. Makai Becton was fantastic in his rookie season. I think better than most people expected him to be coming out of the gate. Uh, he was good. Denzel Mims sh- showed some promise as the year went on. But overall, not much. Not much. I think that they're in good hands going forward. Uh, I'm a big fan of general manager Joe Douglas. And, of course, the Robert Sala hire was – you know, highly regarded amongst the NFL and definitely Jets fans. They were very much on board with the hire. Uh, so, you know, the future is bright. They, they did, as we're recording this, just miss out on Joe Tooney and Corey Lindsley in free agency. So that that's a shame. They're going to need to fix that offensive line. They're going to need to fix a lot of the roster. But, you know, I think at least for starters, they have the right people in charge, which is more than I can say for most of the time I've been watching this team. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear you say that the fans have sort of got over winning them two games because I think it was the most right. disappointed I've seen a fan base ever from winning a game when they won that game. I yeah. mean, Twitter was just crazy, but I Jets mean... thought it was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, moving forward, you touched upon Salah, you know, the great hire, and he has been regarded as a great hire. So, you know, that makes your cap situation of about 68 million. I think that's probably down to about 60 million now with the signing you made earlier. Such right. a good position because you can attract some, you know, good talent with that, with that hire. I mean... Is there anyone on here that you sort of think could be a cap casualty in the coming days? Like sure. To... Yes. Yeah. So they already made one, which was Henry Anderson. That was the obvious one. They saved yeah. around eight million. Uh, that one, you know, he was good in his first year. It was a, I believe they traded for a seventh round pick for him. It was one of the Mike McCagden's best under the radar moves. And then he signed him to a massive three. It was three yeah. years, close to thirty million dollar extension, with like twenty something guarantees, something crazy like that. Uh, so obviously that extension didn't work out. He was basically just an afterthought the last two years. So his cut was not surprising elsewhere. Uh, you know, the, the plan was to address the offensive line. It's still going to be addressed specifically the interior offensive line. Uh, they're going to be looking to upgrade both guard positions. So Alex Lewis and Greg, Greg Van Roten are both cut candidates. Lewis makes the most sense because you get the most savings. I think Van Roten could stick around, um, because he's, his contract's very affordable. I think he's only making, yeah, right there, he's making around like three and a half million. Yeah. Uh, so he could stick around as like that sixth offensive lineman, but they can also cut him with zero dead cap. So that's a possibility as well. Um, otherwise, besides them, Ryan Griffin, they could save a couple million the tight end. They can cut him. Uh, and, you know, there's an outside chance that Jamison Crowder's cut. We haven't really seen much movement. Uh, again, that they were recording this right now. It's the first day of the tampering period. We haven't really seen much movement in the wide receiver market, but... Yeah. I could see Jamison Crowder being a kind of a surprise cut candidate. Not so much a bunch of Jets fans. I think a lot of people are aware of that, but really nationally, I don't think people, you know, people are going to see the Jets potentially cut Crowder and be like, oh, it's, you know, it's their best receiver. Uh, but it could make sense depending on who they sign. If they target someone like Juju or uh, Curtis Samuel, then you know what? That kind of takes that role of, uh, you know, Jamison Crowder's role in the offense and you could save 10 million by cutting him. So yeah. Crowder is the, I don't want to say unlikely one, but he's like the wild card. The other two that are most likely Lewis uh, and Van Roten and Griffin, I guess those three. Yeah. I mean, where you've got such cap space, it is ideal. You can cut them a bit at a later date, can't you? You know, you don't need them for that, this free agency period. I mean, right. on in terms of re-signing guys, I mean, anyone here that you're sort of desperate to bring back? I know it's getting a bit late now and they can speak to other teams, but I mean, is there anyone you, you really want to see come back? So, I mean, the big one, obviously, was Marcus May. Uh, They franchise tagged him. The expectation is that he's going to play under that tag, uh, assuming nothing goes down with, you know, because obviously him and his agent aren't very happy about that. But assuming nothing comes of that situation, he will play under the franchise tag this year, which is great. 
where they go forward with him. I don't know if they eventually extend him. Uh, that's something they'll revisit next offseason. But elsewhere, you know, it's a 2-14 and 14 roster. There's not a ton of guys yeah. that you're looking to bring back, <laughs> uh, especially with the change in scheme. Uh, you know, I don't think that guys like Jordan Jenkins, Neville Hewitt, Terrell Basham, they're all fine players, but none of them really fit uh, the mold of what you're looking for in a, in a Robert Sala 4-3 defense. Uh, Brian Poole is probably the best player on this list here, but I don't think they're looking to bring him back either. Uh, I've seen a lot of interest. They have a lot of interest in Kwan Williams. Who knows by the time this goes up, maybe they've already signed him. Uh, 49ers nickel cornerback. So it would make sense for uh, for them to replace Poole with Williams. Poole is more of a, you know, he had the best years of his career under Greg Williams in a man, man-heavy man defense. And with the switch to Sala and new defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbricht's defense, it's more of a zone-heavy approach. And yeah. Poole earlier in his career, you know, he struggled a little bit in his zone-heavy defense. Uh, so I get why they'd make that move. Plus, of course, Sala, very familiar with K1 Williams from their time in San Francisco. Um, the only guys really on this list that make sense to bring back, and there, there was rumors that the Jets could bring back Rashad Perryman. I don't really see why. Uh, especially after they re-signed Vincent Smith. But uh, maybe Patrick Owasu, uh, if they're mm-hmm. looking to – they did just sign Jared Davis, so that might actually take him out of the running there. But Owasu barely played at all. I think he played like eight snaps last year because he was hurt most of the year. But he at least fits that mold of what they're looking for in a linebacker. Yeah. Other than that, not really. I mean, the RFA's Josh Adams could be back. That's about yeah. it. Like it's a two and fourteen team. Not a lot. Not a lot you're looking at. Yeah. I mean, we're 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 Atlanta fans, so we're big fans of Brian Paul anyway. But as you say, if you replace you him, he might not suit your, you know, system anyway. So right, it probably you know could easily be moved on from. But you know, he's cheap enough that you might turn around and sign him if you don't replace him. Holding number fifty-five, ten-yard penalty. Yeah, he's a good player, but you know, he's been very good the last two years. It's just you know. Yeah. I think that they're looking to they're looking to move on. I think K1 yeah. Williams just fits the scheme what they're looking for. Uh, yeah, and I think with with tagging May, I think you know you just need to have a good year, bit of promise for him, and he'll want to resign. That's you know that's the thing. As long as he sees that this organization's going forward, that's when you can right. work on an extension, isn't it? I suppose. It's I'm interesting because sure. like, yeah. they. It's interesting because they might not even. Uh, I have a feeling there's a chance that they don't even plan to sign. It, it depends on what they do, obviously. But yeah. there's a chance that they don't end up extending May at all. Uh, he'll be 29 yet next year. Uh, yeah. And he's a very, very good player. He just came off the best year of his career. But if they sign someone like a Keanu Neal in free agency, which you know, mm-hmm. we'll see if that happens. Uh, but if they do, then I think the long-term plan would be him and Ashton Davis, provided he develops a uh, third-round pick at a Cal last year. So May, I don't think – like I think a lot of people just assume he's going to get extended next year. But I don't know if that's the Jets' plan. And I think that's why mm-hmm. May's – so upset about this, you know, because you know, he realizes he's going to be 29 years old next year. He's never hit free agency before. He understands that, hey, you know, I want to make my money and I don't blame him. So uh, yeah. I don't know if an extension is necessarily a guarantee. I think it's something they'll definitely look at, but it's it's far from a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. I think um, it's a shame. Cause like you said, there's some, there's some like, you know, it's a two and 14. I think you're sort of in a good position of, you know, you got all that money and there's not players that you're, desperate to re-sign like you said it's a 2 and 14 roster you know they're the players from last year the only one like you said is a bit of a shame right. is like someone like a Jordan Jenkins who like you said I don't think he's going to fit the scheme that Salah wants he's a fine player he regressed a little bit last year which is a shame because I felt like his you know his first year he was good he had good he had showed good promise but yeah I don't think he's going to work in that scheme for Robert Salah 
Um, sort of touching upon the free agencies, we're sort of sticking around it. Obviously, Cakes is getting up some stats there. Obviously, there's been a couple of rumors, obviously, pending what happens at the moment. I mean, I'll probably, I might give it the kiss of death and something happens at the moment, but there's been a lot. Right. I've, I've heard a rumor on certain page sources I follow on Instagram that, that the phone's been calling about CJ Mosley. Now, CJ Mosley obviously opted out last year. Uh, but apparently the phone is ringing. Have you got anything? Um, heard, have you heard anything different about that? I mean, apparently that that teams are looking to may possibly trade for him. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, have you heard anything, or am I, or is that just sort of, you know, Chinese whispers type thing? So I, I think the Jets are open to it. I'm not sure how many, you know, how much other teams are. Uh, you know, if the Jets were to trade, like obviously it's a massive cap hit. If they were to trade him, they would take on a, I think a six million, uh, six million dead cap hit, six million, which. Yeah. You know, it's it's something they don't want to do. Um, but at the same time, like they're they're kind of stuck with him. I don't think any team ends up trading for him and taking on that salary. And if you're gonna give up, if you're gonna give up like a seventh round pick for him, you know, if that's what you're gonna get in return, I don't even think that's worth it. I think it's just no. better to hold on to him uh, and you know hope he just returns to form because two years ago he's one of the best linebackers in football. Now he's missed two full years. You have no idea what he is. Um, I think the you know, the reason that came up now is because they signed Jared Davis who. Yeah, he played middle linebacker in, in Detroit. I think he could fill that Sam, that strong side role with the Jets. Um, yeah. You know, it's more of a high upside. You know, I don't want to say low risk because seven million something. You know, it's something. Uh, but they're they're betting on Jared Davis's upside. But since yeah. you know, since he's joined the fold, maybe now you know they're like, hey, if anybody wants CJ Mosley, you know, you could take him. But I just don't know if there's gonna be many takers. Yeah, like you say, it's a big contract to take on. He's also got eight million guaranteed next year if a team right. takes him on. So, you know, they've got to, if they want him, they've got to stick with him. So, right. I mean, moving on to sort of your targets. I mean, Juju Smith, Suster, he's sort of been talked about a lot. I mean, is he a guy you really want to see come in, or is there a different wide receiver you want to go after? So my, my top argue, my top target would be Curtis Samuel. Big Curtis yeah. Samuel fan. I would love to see what he can do in a in a Mike Lafleur offense. Uh, just his versatility, his, his, you know, separation skills, his route running. I know he played predominantly in the slot last year and that was where he had his, his most success. Uh, but I, you know, you can use him outside. Hell, you can use him in, in the backfield as well. Uh, so I don't think that signing Curtis Samuel would necessarily mean you have to cut Jamison Crowder, but it's something they'd consider as for Juju. Um, I, I think he's more, he's a polarizing guy, not only in the NFL, but amongst Jets fans and other teams, I, like other fans of teams that I've talked to, uh, you know, they're very split on if they want Juju, you know, they have the off field stuff to, to consider. I don't think that uh, it's as big of a deal as most people make it out to be, but it's definitely something, you know, to, to think about still, he's 24 years old. Uh, he's still, you know, super young. He's two years removed from what a 1500 yard season. Uh, so he, you know, he's a good player. I, I think that if you get him in that, like 12 to 14, 12 to $13 million range, then it's worth it. If you're paying like upwards to 15, 16 million per season, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to shift away. Um, from yeah. what I saw, I think it was, I forget who reported Zach Rosenblatt, maybe uh, Kenny Galladay's market. And a lot of people thought he'd make upwards to like 18 to 20 million. Uh, there were reports that he might only make like 14 to 15 million, which if that's the case, I can only imagine what Juju's going to make. Like I can't yeah. imagine it being yeah. too high. Now, that, that might sound stupid. Like maybe by the time this goes up, he, Kenny Galladay got you know twenty million per year for yeah. like he got like an Amari Cooper deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, that's, you know, so many teams are struggling this year, aren't they? So I don't think these guys are going to get paid as much as they would in another year. Right. 
I mean, right? Yeah, you'd think the top guys wouldn't yeah. suffer that much, like someone like a Galladay, yeah. but who knows? Like, it's it's a weird market. I know it doesn't yeah. look like Tooney or Lindsley are suffering much. Tooney got no, paid sixteen no, no, million no. a year. Lindsley's the highest paid center, but like for the mid tier guys, you know, and maybe that includes someone like a Curtis Samuel. Maybe he, you know, his market suffers. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think you're just going to be linked with everyone that's sort of like a high-end free agents, aren't you? Because you've got so much money, plus you've got so many areas to fix. So right. it's probably been quite hard for you this year. You've been linked to absolutely everyone. Yeah, there's been a lot of rumours. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them. Corey Davis I mean, is another guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, this is probably the deepest like position group in free agency. And I think, like you say, it's interesting because from what's been happening at the time of this recording, everyone... No, nothing's happened much with the wide receivers at the moment. It's all been a little yeah. bit stagnant with this tampering period. So, obviously, that could change by the end of the night. But obviously, I, I think I don't know if people are reluctant or there's been talks. But like you said, not, if you're saying you know you, you're hearing holidays in that 14 to 15 mil, you know what what are other people going to get? Because we know that the money, because it's teams are penny pinching, it's it's thinned out the market. So someone like a Curtis Samuel, you could get up on a pretty good deal, I reckon, if you offered him some decent money. But he's going to be in a lot more of affordable range than say if he hit free agency next season because of the money right. problem, obviously the cap issues. So it makes sense. And obviously we played him twice a year. Kurt Samuel is like a Swiss army knife. You know, he, he's good on the gadget right. plays. He's a speedster. He, he can, he can hurt you on offense. So he'd be a good sign. And we've, we've talked about several teams that could sign him. He's, I think he's a very, very undervalued free agent in this class this year. 100%. I, I agree. I think there's a lot of teams that would love to add him to, like at least a lot of fan bases I've seen is that, you know, they're very much on that Curtis Samuel train. I know Miami fans definitely want Curtis Samuel to play for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah he would make sense. He'd make a lot of sense for the Jets just really fits the scheme. And he's a very underrated player, still young too, very versatile. Yeah. Um, 100%. I love Curtis Samuel. Yeah. I mean, you touched on it, like fixing the offensive line this year. I mean, is there anyone you're sort of tight? I know obviously a couple of players have been signed today that were, you know, <laughs> Funny enough, the two top offensive interior linemen. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the the plan, you know, the the hope was that they'd be able to land either one of Joe Tooney or Corey Lindsley, which, to be fair, was never entirely, you know, insanely likely. Uh, Just, you know, Tooney, obviously one of the best linemen we've seen hit the market in years. Uh, He's never missed a game. He's arguably a top five player at his position incredibly durable, incredibly just a high character guy, a perfect Joe Douglas signing. Unfortunately, you know, more than half the league thought so as well. (laughs) So you have like 16, 17 teams that are all legitimately interested, probably comes down to like eight or so finalists. And when the chiefs come in and offer you 16 million per year to block for Patrick Mahomes, you're going to take that. And you know, that's not a fault of Joe Douglas and the jets. It's not a fault of any of the team that missed out. It just, You know, if you're getting offered 16 million per year to play for arguably the best team in football, to block for the best quarterback in football, and you're you're one of the highest paid players at your position, you're yeah. gonna take that deal every day. Like that's there's no yeah. questions asked. Corey Lindsley, you know, apparently from what I see, the Jets didn't have as much interest as most people thought. I would have liked to see them show more interest, but I'm not shocked that they didn't pay what it took. Uh, Lindsley is, you know, he's 30 years old, or will be 30 in July. He's coming off somewhat significant knee injury. So there's a little bit of concern there. Uh, and I just don't think that the jets were looking to pay, you know, a 30 year old center for, you know, four to five years at the highest paid salary, obviously not all that would be guaranteed, yeah. but still um, I'm disappointed, like a hundred percent disappointed. And I think I'm handling it a lot more rationally than most <laughs> jets fans. Uh, you know, oh, Joe Douglas, he's being cheap again. Oh, yeah, it's just like six hours in the free agency. Let's calm down. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> 
if they're not going to get Tooney and Lindsley, which doesn't look like they're going to, a uh, couple other guys I'd like, uh, Austin Ryder from Kansas City, David Andrews from New England as well, You know, Joe Tooney's now former teammate. Uh, they both make sense. If you sign either of them, you probably move Connor McGovern over to guard, which is fine because he had success there yeah. playing in, in Denver. So those are like the second tier guys I'm looking at. But, you know, it's, it's not Tooney or Lindsley. They're still upgrades, though. Yeah, yes. I mean, as you say, I mean, you can't compete with the Chiefs, can you, at the end of the day, especially when they're offering that sort of money. I mean, yeah, I think... And the chance to get a ring, I think, as well, you know, obviously. Like you said, no one's fought us around, but Kansas City went, here's some money, and you get to play with us. And right. I think that's such a big thing for them at the moment. It's like, look who we have, like, you know. And they exactly. just cut Fisher and Schwartz, both their bookends, and you're like... yeah. Okay, you know it's interesting. I think I think someone like at centre. I think I think this Nick Easton was released by the Saints. So even if he'd be a cheaper option, unless you draft someone, I mean, he would be a bad guy to maybe fill in as a spot. I mean, he might not be the long term solution, but someone like that just to thin it out. Right. I mean, wouldn't be a bad signing. But yeah, like you said, I think ideally, yeah, the guys you mentioned, obviously, ideally you'd like to do. And obviously, that you we'll, we'll move on to the draft in a second. Obviously, you've got a fair few draft picks this year, so it's not all just about that even though you've got the money you know you still got your draft you know you got some draft capsule this year so it's not all yeah. uh you know don't have to rely on the free agency like you said jets fans don't panic it's only six hours gone in free agency like do right. not panic <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna I mean, be I mean, unless, <laughs> unless this is posted and like curtis samuel and juju <laughs> and kenny galladay have all signed elsewhere trey hendrickson's gone carl yeah. lawson's gone then maybe then it's they were like panic. But like, <laughs> right at this very moment, you know, let's relax. It's okay. Yes. It's, it's okay. all good. I mean, you touched on uh, Trey Hendrickson there. I mean, is he a guy you want to sort of take a risk on? Obviously, he only had that one good season last year, so it's a bit of a mm-hmm. bit of a gamble. He's going to probably warrant sort of top end, nearly top end money. I mean, is he someone you want to take a gamble on? So uh, my top targets at defensive end, you know, you know, the switch into the four three, so you need true four three defensive ends. Uh, my top targets were, unfortunately, Romeo Aquara, who was re-signed like 30 minutes into, into free yeah. Yeah. Uh And Carl Lawson, who at the time of speaking right now, you know, edge rushers are he's flying free. off the board. He can, yeah, he's, he's a free agent. As as we've been speaking, Unique Ngakwe was yeah. just uh, signed by the Raiders. Or at least the Raiders, yeah. Like it's be done. Um, yeah. So that was another guy that was on the Jets' radar, but it wasn't yeah. my top option, but I still would have liked him. Hendrickson's oh, very interesting yeah. because, like you said, he was, you know, basically an afterthought through his first three years. He was mm. injured for part of it. Uh, finally worked his way into rotation last year. Uh, apparently now the Bengals are in the Trey Hendrickson conversation as I'm talking. <laughs> Just seen Anderson tweets it out. Yep. So, you know, uh, the Bengals are, I'm sure a lot of teams are very interested. Uh, but yeah, you know, he finally worked his way into rotation in 2019. And then last year broke out. He was tied for second in sacks, yeah. 13 and a half. Um, now, you know, he's not like, I, I, I prefer a guy like Carl Lawson who may not have had the flashy sack tolls, uh, but he's got like the analytics behind it. Like the PFF grade was higher. Pass rush win rate was higher, had more pressures. Uh, so even though he didn't have the sacks up there, you know, it's, it's, he's still a very, very, very good player. Um, and I thought they'd be able to, you know, hopefully get him cheaper for, because of that, but it seems like his market is pretty hefty. Uh, Hendrickson, you know, the concern is, you know, he's still only 26, but you have one year of production, you know, was that a product of playing alongside Cam Jordan and a really good saints defensive front Marcus Davenport as well, you know, or is this the start of something new? Is he a one-year wonder or is this, that was that his breakout season? Uh, you know, you always take that chance in free agency and you never know how it's going to go. I wouldn't want to pay him upwards to like 15, 16 mil. Um, but if they can get him for under that, which I'm not confident they can, 
um, I'm all for it. But I, I know the Jets have been heavily connected to Hendricks since today. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always risky, especially on a contract year when a player takes off because right. it happens across all sports. And, you know, you see them play well when they need that contract. And then next year it just sort of drops off. But, you know, I right. think he's probably a guy, you know, like you say, if you can get him cheap enough, he's worth going. Holding number 55, 10-yard penalty. If we move on to quarterbacks, if we move on to the draft, I mean, we haven't asked you yet. I mean, what's your thoughts on Sam Darnold? Obviously, for me personally, I think you'd be better off moving him on. You've got the second pick. You know, there's some good prospects in this draft. And, you know, you can probably get a decent deal for Darnold. I mean, probably maybe, I'm not sure, second round pick or something for him. I mean, what's your thoughts on Darnold? Yeah, I, so basically what you just said. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there still seems to be like, I'd say, 30% of Jets fans uh, tending you know, to be the older, more traditional fans that are like, oh, no, let's keep Sam Darnold. You know, he's been screwed over by the Jets. He can succeed here. What ultimately matters is, yes, Darnold has absolutely failed because of the Jets. The Jets have been an incompetent organization for years now, uh, and, and they have failed him. They failed to surround him with talent. Uh, they failed to surround him with a competent coaching staff, and he has failed because of Adam Gase, because of his terrible supporting cast. For all those reasons, he's failed. But it doesn't matter why he's failed because he's failed. Like it, it yeah. just the result is what matters more than the reason. Uh, so Darnold has failed through his first three years. Can he find success in the NFL? Yeah, he probably can. Uh, I, I still believe in his talent. I believed in his talent when they drafted him. Uh, and I, I believed he was a very, very, very good quarterback prospect. Unfortunately, the Darnold that we saw in 2020 was arguably just as raw as his USC days. Yeah. Uh, he regressed immensely. In his first two years, you know, he, he took a, he was showed steady progress from his, his final year at USC. He showed progress to year one in the NFL. From year one to year two, he also showed progress. And instead of taking that third year leap, he regressed basically back two years. Uh, yeah. So now the problem is for any team that acquires him or if the Jets were to stick with him, which is not going to happen, uh, then you need to basically fix all of that. And you have essentially one to two years to do it because the, the biggest thing with him is his contract situation. Yeah. You have to pick up his fifth year option in May. I assume that any team that were to trade for him would do that. Um, that cost around 18 million. I'm not ready to commit, uh, you know, and it wouldn't be because it wouldn't be guaranteed until the next year. Yeah. So you wouldn't necessarily have to pay that 18 million. Um, but I'm not ready to, to give up a second round pick for someone like that, even though that's probably what his projected value is. Uh, it's just for, from the Jets perspective. It makes little sense to stick with Darnold because you have the number two overall pick in a pretty stacked quarterback class. This is one of the best quarterback classes we've seen in a while. Uh, you have a ton of draft capital and cap space to hopefully build around him. We'll see, uh, you know, because unfortunately they missed out on the two top linemen, but it's still early. Uh, they have the assets to build around him. And then there's the Deshaun Watson factor, which, you know, this is an unprecedented situation. We've never seen something like this in the NFL before. Never before is a, a 25-year-old elite quarterback. He's top five quarterback in the game, and he's 25 years old. Never before has a guy like that been traded. That's never happened. Uh, I think the package you're going to see is, is unprecedented, but there are very few teams that can actually give the Texans what they want. And eventually, you know, we, we can sit here and talk about the Deshaun Watson situation, but eventually they're going to realize – they have to trade it. Like there's no winning in this situation for them. Uh, and once they come to that realization, the first team they're going to go to is the Jets. And I'm not saying that John Watson's going to be the Jets quarterback next year, but I think that the Jets have an opportunity. Uh, and all of the opportunities that they have, you know, whether it's Deshaun Watson or that number two overall pick, they're all better bets, not only, you know, higher upside, but higher chance of success than Sam Darnold would have with as the Jets quarterback in 2021. So. It's not a question to me. You, you move on. Uh, hopefully you get a second round pick and maybe like a mid round pick. That's looks like it's the, the projected 
value. We'll see. There's yeah. a few teams in on him. Um, but yeah, unquestionably, yeah, you, you move on. You move on at this stage. Yeah. I mean, you touched on the contract there, and that's, you know, spot. I think teams win when they've got a good quarterback on a rookie deal. And Sam right. Donald's used his rookie deal up. So, you know, you're better exactly. off trying to find someone who's got a bit more upside potentially in the draft. I mean, if you don't get Watson, and I completely agree, I think you've got the most to give the Texans. If they do finally wake up and go, look, we need a, we need to move him on, he's not going to play for us. I have but, put I mean, some money your... on the Jets, by the way. So that was the first bet I put on. When it happened, I was like, <laughs> it, it, it made sense. So I was like, well, the team that makes sense yeah. to me, there was all the teams for about the same price. And I was like, the Jets make sense to me mainly for the capital and what you can offer the Texans. Right. And obviously that no right. trade clause. Smart man. Um, you know, and obviously apparently from rumours, Deshaun Watson was a fan of Robert Salah and all this. So you're thinking, okay, mm-hmm. this seems to make sense. So I do have some money on the Jets. So I'm hoping, <laughs> and put this way, I I'd hope, rather him go to the Jets I hope you than to Carolina. So I don't want to play Deshaun Watson twice a year. Right. So, you know. I'm, That's true. Yeah. I want the Jets to get in (laughs) and it would, and it would spice everything up for the draft. I think as well. I mean, obviously it would just throw out all these mock drafts out the window that everyone's done for the past (laughs) month or month and a half. So that'd be interesting. I mean, sorry, you you carry carry on. That's right. I mean, do you, do you sort of agree with the general consensus that I've seen, which is sort of Wilson at at two? I mean, I've I've been watching tape recently and I think Wilson does look for me the second best prospect behind Trevor Lawrence, but I mean, what's your thoughts? I'm honestly uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, like two A and two B for me behind Trevor Lawrence. Like they're both yeah. fantastic prospects. I think Fields is someone that people are just overanalyzing. Uh, I I think I'd lean towards Wilson at this stage. I think I trust him to overcome his weaknesses more than I trust Fields. As long as the medicals check out, that's the big thing with Wilson. Is you know mm-hmm. he has that injury history. He's he's hurt both shoulders in the past. Uh, so as long as those medicals check out, I'm betting on Wilson to succeed in the NFL over fields um but at the same time i think they're both gonna be fantastic quarterback prospect you know for fantastic quarterbacks as long as they're put in the right situation to succeed um i think you know with the top four guys they all can be really 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 good i'm not sure if that ceiling is there with mac jones but the other four can all be very very good quarterbacks in the nfl um i lean wilson right now that's definitely where i lean but if they took fields at two which i don't think they're going to i think that the consensus has become that Wilson is, is, you know, emerging as that number two quarterback. And at this stage, I wouldn't be shocked if Trey Lance went ahead of fields. Um, But I just, I think Justin Fields is someone that everyone's overanalyzing. There's just too much tape on him and people are, you know, overlooking uh, some of his really good play from a year ago. And they're kind of just overanalyzing some of the bad games he had this year. Um, I think they're both great quarterback prospects. And I also think they're both, there's been like a, a consensus, that out there that it seems to indicate that just or that that Zach Wilson is a better fit for the Jets system than than Justin Fields. I don't agree with that. I think Fields is also a very good uh, fit for Mike LaFleur's system. Um, the knock has been that oh he holds on to the ball uh, for too long, but a lot of that is you know because of the Ohio State offensive line was very good, uh, and I also think his his accuracy in middle of the field really works um, in a in a Mike LaFleur system. So I think they're both really good fits. I'd be very happy with either, but I think. Not only do I lean Wilson, I also very much lean thinking that that's the direction they're yeah. going. Yeah. I mean, you touched on Trey Lance there. And I, th- I think the problem with Trey Lance for you would be, for me, he needs to set out a year. Like, I, I think yeah. he's very good. It would be speed, a surprise. I think, yeah. It would, it would yeah. Yeah. It, it would be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go for it. Go I mean, on. I mean, I'd he... be surprised if like the Jets do that. You know what I mean? But if they yeah. like him, like, you know, like if he does take, and then that really spices things up. To be honest, yeah, it would. I mean, 
You never know. Like you never know. People, I mean, you never know. Right. No one if no no one thought Baker Mayfield would go first overall a week a no. week out from the draft. Everyone thought Sam yeah. Darnold was the consensus first, you know, top pick. And then, you know, as the days got closer, it's like rumors like, oh, maybe you know Baker's gonna go one. And even up until the pick, no one but like very few people believed it. They're like, no, it's it's gonna be dark. But you never know. I, Trey Lance yeah. is such an interesting case because you have virtually 17 games of of tape on him, all at the FCS level. So it's so like he obviously his his ceiling is is sky high, but I don't even think you really know what you're getting in him until he shows up to training camp. Like that's the moment where you're like, okay, he's either, you know, he's either ready because I think I genuinely think he could be a week one starter somewhere. I don't think he will. Cause I don't think he's going to land in a, in a place that, you know, allows the opportunity. Um, yeah. But I think he could be, but it's, it's such a wild card and you can't bank on it. Uh, Cause he could show up the training camp and look the part and, you know, play the yeah. part and be like, you know what, this guy might be 20 years old, but hell he's, he's, he's ready. Like he's ready. Hmm. Uh, but you really don't know until you get that up close look at him because there's so little tape on him. Yeah. Um, the only chance teams have had to watch him in person really has been, has been his pro day. Um, which just, which just passed. So yeah. who knows? I'd be very shocked if the Jets went in that direction, but I think he's a very intriguing prospect for someone like Carolina or Atlanta, maybe if they, if they go in that, if they go yeah. quarterback, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> it's a direction they could take. You're right. Uh, You're right though. You are right. But, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. both, I mean, I think it's more of a bluff thing, but Arthur Smith, new right. te- uh, GM, Terry Fontenot and OC Dave Regno. Right all went to hit um, Trey Lance's pro day and had a chat with him. So I, I get, right. I get everyone goes, of course, everyone goes like, I'm sure right. Kansas city sent someone and that sounds stupid, <laughs> but they probably did like, you know, there's, there's people watch, you know, they like to watch and see what happens to guys. Cause they fall, you know, there's all that type of stuff. So, I mean, it's interesting, right. like you said, but he, I think for me, I think, um, obviously the, the, we'll, we'll leave this another episode. So Kev's got a bit of a say about Trey Lance, but obviously it's, yeah, he's, he is very much a project. <laughs> I think that's one thing people are very much all in agreement on. Like, I think 49ers for me is the perfect fit, but he has to sit out a year. I think he'll work amazing in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But I do think, because consensus is Jimmy G is going to stay. So what we've heard, I mean, that could change. Like you said, it could change via trade or whatever. But I feel like he'd be good under a year under Kyle Shanahan. I feel like that could be the best fit. But Obviously, oh, it all sure. depends on him. I mean, so, I mean, talk, we talk about quarterbacks. Obviously, you, you've learned towards Wilson. Obviously, you never know. Watson might come into town and uh, spice things up. If if right. Watson doesn't go and you keep, because I, from the sounds of it, you'll probably have to give up the 23rd overall pick, depending on what the deal is. Um, so, at 23, now, that, obviously, it's an interesting direction because you've got a few needs to fill. I mean, I think on the Kegs mock draft just gone, he actually picked Najee Harris as value at 23. And then I had mm-hmm. more of it. I meant more the defensive side because um, I felt like he was more. Uh, I had a Wusa Karamoa from uh, Notre Dame. I felt like he is like a. He's definitely worth picking between picks 10 and 20. But I, I had him falling to you at 23, which I thought was good value, to be honest. Um, I mean, what direction yeah. would you like to see your Jets going at 23 if the pick's still there? So, so much of this is going to depend on what happens over the next few days. Because uh, the yeah. Jets have so many needs at pretty much, like, if you list the Jets' needs, it's all of the most important positions. Like, they need yeah. offensive line. They need cornerback. They need edge yeah. rusher. They need quarterback. Like, it's every single, the most important position of a football team, the Jets need. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. whatever they don't end up addressing in free agency adequately, that's probably where they go uh, at 23. Right now, based on what we know, and that, that Tooney and Lindsley are both off the market, uh, and the Jets didn't land either of them. 
I lean offensive guard there uh, or some kind of interior offensive line, whether that's a Wyatt Davis or, I mean, it might be a little early for someone like Creed Humphrey, but Elijah Vera Tucker, if he's still available, um, those are all options. They can go there. Uh, I'm just saying that because they missed out on guard. And I assume that means they're probably only going to sign one uh, starting caliber lineman. You know, hopefully that's like someone like David Andrews or Austin Ryder, like we talked about before. Um, and if that's the case, you need to fill one of the other guard spots. Cause I don't think that they're going to roll into next year with Alex Lewis or Greg Van Roten as a starter. Um, so if that's the case, 23 makes sense. Also they can target it at 34. Uh, they both, you know, they have two picks within 11 picks of each other. So it makes sense. Uh, you know, if they, if they don't address offensive line at 23, that they do it at 34 elsewhere, uh, you know, we'll have to see what they do at cornerback, but cornerback is a major, major issue. Uh, they really only have one, I don't even want to call it like one fringe starting caliber guy. And that's Bryce Hall, who was a fifth round pick last year. He started down the stretch, played all right. Uh, I'd like to not, you know, re- forcefully rely on him as a starter next <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd love for him to develop that starting role, but it's not something I want to bank on. Um, you know, based on what we saw in Bless Austin the year before, everyone's like, oh, Bless Austin, he's a steal. He's going to be, you know, he's he's the next Darrell Reeves. I don't know, he's not the next Darrell Reeves, but he's he's a starting caliber <laughs> player. And then, you know, and then he comes in this year and he lays an egg like he, he was a dud this year. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's always interesting. I think that yeah, if they do go cornerback, though, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, someone I've heard connected to Jets a lot, and they very much – um, or at least I very much like J.C. Horn. Uh, Greg Newsom is a late riser that we could see it, it available at 23. Uh, there's a few directions they can go. I don't think they're going to have a shot at like Caleb Farley or Patrick Sartan, but you yeah. know, we'll see. Uh, edge rusher is another spot they can go there, you know, depending on what they do here because in a free agency, because they're going to need to land two starting caliber defense events because uh, they're remaking yeah. an entire defense. So whether that's someone like Aziz Ojolari or uh, any of the Miami guys, you know, Craig Russo, Jalen Phillips, yeah. Um, and the third one is, is mistaking. Yeah. Yeah. Quincy Roche. Roche. I, I think it's yeah, a little yeah, yeah. early for Roche, but that, that was the other one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's law, it slipped my mind for a second. Uh, um, yeah. 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 <laughs> got a ton of guys about, yeah. A ton of guys available at that spot. Um, but right now I'll say they go O-line, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just do it. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll completely agree. I think it's going to depend what you're doing in free agency. You know, you've got the money to spend. So you probably need to pick up three starters at this draft. Like, in order to be successful, you know, yeah, you've got them three early picks. It's a it's a deep draft, you know. I think there's plenty of and at corner, like you say, I think Farley and oh, I've got his name now. Uh, they're the top two, yeah. So they're the top two yeah. corners. They're going to be out of your reach. I think you've probably got your pick after that at 23 if you wanted to go corner. You know, I think yeah. the corner will fall to 23 for you. I mean, I yeah. I sort of gave you Najee Harris and. I'm sort of against giving a running back to a team that isn't ready built because obviously you don't normally want to give a new contract to the player in their fifth year running back. Right. You know, I, don't I, I love Najee hard. Harris. Yeah. And that's the thing. There's been a lot of that. Not to cut you off. Sorry. Uh, but there's been a lot of that. Like you're not the first person that's mocked Najee Harris or just a running back in general, whether it's him or Travis Etienne to the Jets at 23. Uh, but I think that'd be a massive mistake. And I don't think it's something Joe Douglas would do. In Douglas's, I think, 20-plus years as an executive, having any kind of say, or as a scout or executive, having any kind of say in a draft process, only once has he drafted a running back in the first two rounds. Yeah. Uh, so I, I find That was Jamal Lewis back with Baltimore. So I find it you know, just hard to believe that he would go in that direction. I just don't think it's smart direction either. Uh, Najee Harris, great prospect. I love him. Travis Etienne's another very good prospect. But you have so many needs. 
that addressing a running back in the first round just doesn't seem like a smart move. I think ideally, and we'll see, you know, hopefully maybe it happens tonight. Um, yeah, maybe it happens tonight. Uh, but my ideal plan for running back would be sign Jamal Williams, big fan of Jamal yeah. Williams, just his overall game, great pass blocker, very, very reliable pass catcher. And he's a good runner as well. Uh, sign Jamal Williams, go into next year with a, with a running back rotation of Jamal Williams, Michael Pirine and Ty Johnson, who I, I genuinely think Ty Johnson can be an, a thousand yard rusher in a Michael Floor system. I, I, I genuinely believe that. I think he could be there. Raheem Mostert. Um, he just is a perfect fit for their zone blocking running scheme or you know, zone blocking scheme. Uh, I just think he'd be excellent in that scheme. Uh, so I'm very high on Ty Johnson, but I'd love that trio and then maybe target someone, you know, day two or day three, probably day three. Um, that's my uh, ideal plan. Running back. Have Don't Frank spend Gore in there as well? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Frank Gore. No, Frank Gore. Frank Gore I, I, I mean, I know he's about you now, but. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Frank Gore. A legend, but I saw I just saw a crazy stat today. I was digging up the stats, and uh, Gore his carries last year. He had more carries than every other Jets running back combined. Wow! <laughs> just un- when you have a fourth round rookie, Ty Johnson, who 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 was the first Jets running back to rush for a thousand or I'm sorry, hundred yards in a game uh, in two years. You know, guys like that. Not yeah. that P Ryan was anything special, but I'd rather give snaps to P Ryan than Frank yeah. Gore. But you know, Adam Gase. Adam Gase, it's in the past. I don't want to think Adam about Gase it. I want to talk being about Adam Gase being Adam Gase. Right. I, I mean, I mean, the best thing I think the best thing about running back, especially in this year's draft, you know, there's some it's, it's very like an undervalued position nowadays in in respect of what it used to be. I mean, unless they're a dead cert, right. like a Todd Gurley or a Saquon Barkley or a Zeke, and you know, that are like top ten overall talents. They're not going to get picked, you know. Like it's just one of the things right. they're going to fall later on. You could easily pick someone up in day three. There's some. There, there's a lot of guys. I could re- you know, reel off a few. I mean, obviously, I'd love Chubba yeah. Hubbard from Oklahoma State. You know, he'll probably go day three. You know, you have got some yep. good guys for the sake of picking up. You could easily pick one day three, 100. percent So it's not the oh, worst for sure. case for you running always, back at all. There's always good running backs on day three, and this is a pretty deep uh, running back running back class. So you know, there's yeah. always guys to find there. Uh, they're not all going to hit like. You know, you're not going to always find a star there, but you're better off just spending your draft capital that way than, especially for a team like Jets, spending any kind of major asset on a, on a running back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we if we move on to sort of your prediction for next season, I mean, it's, it's way too early to do this. Obviously, free agency just started and, uh, you know, you've got a lot of draft picks. Your team is going to change a lot. You've got a new head coach. But right. what sort of record do you expect the Jets to get next year? Oh, man. And it all depends, you know, it all depends who's under center. Like if, if they go and get Deshaun Watson, uh, yeah. then you, who knows? Like if they, if they sign Deshaun or if they trade for Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, obviously the, the rest of the team matters too. I'd like to see what the team looks like, but yeah. they could compete for a playoff spot. I genuinely think that I think the whole, like, Oh, Watson went four and 12 with the Texans last year. That's BS. Like the, I think uh, more than half of their losses came by one score. Uh, the yeah. defense was a train wreck. The coaching staff was a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a misleading, you know, wins and lo- QB wins and losses don't matter. Uh, it's very misleading. So I, I do think the Jets could be a playoff team with Deshaun Watson. But if it's a rookie quarterback, uh, you know, I, I'd like to just see improvement. I'd like to see that. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard to get worse. Uh, they went two and 14. <laughs> you know, any less than any worse than two wins, man. Oh my yeah. uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I'd like to see, you know, I, don't, I hate to say it every year, but six, seven wins, you know, it seems realistic. 
Um, if you asked me this a day ago, I'd be like, hell, if they sign Joe Tooney and trade for Deshaun Watson, man, we can win 10 games. Uh, <laughs> but you know, now we'll see, we'll see how the offensive line looks. That's a major, that's a major thing. Yeah. I do think that Makai Becton's going to be better in his second year. He was already very good in his rookie year, but you hope that he takes that leap. I think that Connor McGovern and George Fant will both be better in a, in his own blocking scheme. Uh, they just fit Michael LaFleur's system a lot more than they did, uh, you know, the previous offensive system, but it depends. It depends on what that looks like. It depends on what the pass catchers look like. If Denzel Mims can take a step, I think yeah. ceiling, uh, assuming they go the rookie route, assuming they draft Zach Wilson or, you know, whoever, assuming that's the case, which is the most likely scenario. Uh, I'd say a ceiling of like nine and eight, if everything goes according to plan, because, you know, the yeah. 17th game. Um, if not, you know, if they go, uh, well, if they stick with Sam Donald, who the hell knows? But I don't think that's bad. <laughs> um, but like a floor, you know, a floor of like, I don't know, four and 13, you know, if everything bottoms out, if you draft the rookie quarterback and he totally flops and the offensive line sucks and everything's bad again, then who knows? We'll, we'll see. I think that they have the right leadership in charge and that's what's most important. So I trust the decisions they make, but you know, the, the roster is, is bare right now. You got to get talent. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've asked this question like, in every episode we've done of this off season talks and it's, Jets right. is probably one of the hardest teams to actually, you know, impossible. work out what they're going to do next year. Like you say, there's so many different possibilities of what they're going to be like under centre. So yeah, I think that's probably a fair fair assessment. Really, like you know, you you have got that scene of potentially becoming a wild card team if everything goes completely right. However, right. personally, I think you're more likely to get the sort of five six wins and right. and you know that's it's right. an improvement, right? You know, if you if you it's got to just look better, hasn't it? Really, it can't right. be much worse, just, like you say. It all just matters how how it happens. Like if they go, yeah. if they stick with Sam Donald and win five games, that's not good. That's yeah, not a good outcome. Yeah, yeah. But no, if no, they no. draft the rookie quarterback, that rookie plays well, and it's other aspects yeah. of the team that maybe weren't addressed play poorly, then you know what? I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't want to win five games next year. I don't want the Jets to go five and twelve. That's not. It sounds so weird saying that, uh, but that's it's not <laughs> ideal. Like that's I'm still getting used to the 17 games. Like I'm like five and twelve. Okay, uh, but you know it's not ideal. Uh, you, you want to see them actually compete. And I think Jets fans are tired of saying, oh, next year's our year. Now, you know, next year we'll do it. Next year we'll compete. Because uh, that's the same stuff they were saying last year. It's the same thing yeah, they said yeah. in 2019. It's like, oh, you know, they went seven and nine. You know, maybe if they put the right pieces together, they can compete. Then they go two and 14. Like, it's just, you know, every year it's like the next year we'll compete for a playoff spot. So yeah. you want to say they can win nine games. They can make the playoffs. But the roster right now, it's impossible. In, in a month or two from now, it might look completely different, though. It's it's so hard to say. You don't even know who's yeah. going to be a quarterback. So. And it, is a, it is a tough division, and it's a tough conference. You know, the AFC, for me, looks yeah. a lot harder than the NFC. Yeah, you know. unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> it used to be the other way around. And now it's now it's yeah, switched. Yeah, well, you've got so many young quarterbacks, haven't you, in the AFC, that it's just like... Yeah. I mean, know, I mean, look... look with, the, with the Mahomes... All of them, mm. like you know, yeah. you got Herbert. Herbert, that's well, Herbert's come in and just took exactly. the, you know, he. I mean, he's good. I think he's going to hurt some heads even more. You know, he's got he's got talent. You know, yeah. it's unbelievable that he fell to six. Um, but it's just a case of you look at. I think the one thing we haven't really touched upon as well, the AFC East is actually getting harder. You know, you got you're looking at what Miami are building. They're building a special team at the moment. Mm. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills yeah. are up there. They have got Josh Allen who. Keg's early pick for MVP. You know, they've got a good roster. They've yeah. made some key re-signings already rather than spending money elsewhere. Yeah. They've kept the core. So Buffalo, you know, we've got to touch upon that. Yeah, AFC East, 
a bar, you know, even the Patriots, it's, it, they've just been spending loads of money they, in the past four yeah. hours. So, like, yeah, they've gone, it, they've gone it's off. Gonna, <laughs> they've just completely gone, here's all the money. So they've just spent a lot of money. But, right. yeah, I, I think that's something we haven't touched upon. The AFC East is, you know, for, for you to rebuild, obviously this is going to be rebuilt, though, so the roster needs to completely change. Of course, it's going to be difficult. I mean, I have for you personally, like you said, silver linings. You got the new, you got the new coaching staff. You've got like a different perspective of way the team's going to be led, and that's a good thing. As long as you've got confidence in that, and they show strides with the players that they pick, like obviously, let's just say you go someone at quarterback. Probably, it's probably going to be Zach Wilson. Let's just say Wilson makes some strides and you win four games. Hey, it's better than two and fourteen. And as long as the team is proving it can you know, not get blown out or it's in one, you know, you, you can compete. I think that's the idea. You know, this is going to take more than, you know, I think if you're Jets fans, as much as you've been for a few, a few rebuilds, this yeah. is going to take a good two years or so to really see what the seeding is, especially you've got to nail the draft pick, see what happens to free agency. But yeah, I mean, look, anything more than two wins, you've got to technically <laughs> class it as improvement. So, I mean... <laughs> true. That's true. I mean, funnily enough, I, I think, we're talking Patriots the and their signings. Uh, they just, uh, just signed Nelson Aguilar as well. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> they're going to Super Bowl, man. That's it. Nelson Aguilar is the lead. Nelson Aguilar and Jalen Mills. I can't wait to see that practice. They're gonna be going uh, back and forth. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the biggest yeah. thing that people overlook with the change from last year to this year is just the coaching staff. Like obviously, you know, Robert Sala is unproven. So is Mike Lafleur, but. They're already like, even though they're improved, they're already improvements over what we had last year. The Jets had the worst coaching staff in the NFL last year, uh, arguably one of the worst coaching staffs we've seen in years. Just not only just Adam Gase, uh, but the entire yeah. coaching staff was completely inept. Like that's something that often goes overlooked too. Uh, one of the biggest reasons that Gase lasted the entire year was because they actually had nobody to replace him. Gase was so bad at hiring a coaching staff that it actually saved him his job towards the end of the year because they had no one to replace him. The only realistic possibility would have been Greg Williams, but he burned so many bridges and, and obviously, you know, criticized the uh, criticized essentially took shots at Gase throughout the year. And then he was made the fall guy after the Raiders game. So that was never going to happen. And once that, once Greg Williams was fired, there was nobody, there was nobody on the team with even a, a, a hint of head coaching experience at either the collegiate or NFL level, nothing. Yeah, they probably uh, they probably have one eye on Trevor Lawrence as well. And thought we'll keep him about, for right? <laughs> you know, it's just might as well just finish out the season. And they win two yeah. games. And, uh, just ruin it. Yeah. Win two games. They beat two teams that made the playoffs. They yeah. beat, they beat two playoff teams. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like he's sort of you know it's kicking amazing the ball how it works out, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable indeed. Uh, Justin, we're going to cap, uh, cap it off there for us. Really been great talking to you. Thank you for joining us today. I'm out in the midst of all this free agency. I'm sure you're busy, you know, keeping the tab on what's happening with the Jets. So we'll see what happens. Really but really day. appreciate you taking the time out. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So I really appreciate you taking the time out and uh, speaking to us. Really appreciate it. Of course, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. Hey, if you want me back on at any point, I'll yeah, you know, maybe I can give a, a better assessment of the Jets yes. when we figure out everything that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, 100%. 100% we will, Justin. So thank you very much for listening, guys. Obviously, we've still got more episodes of off-season talk to come up. We've got to continue going through all of the 32 teams. And now free actually come out, keep an eye on our socials. But thank you very much again for listening, guys. Take care, stay safe, and catch you next time.